The show you love with even more local news and more local talk. The voice of the valley. The Mike Douglas Show. Now weekdays from 3 till 5. On air and online. Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Here's your host, Mike Douglas. And welcome to the Mike Douglas Show this Thursday afternoon in California's Central Valley. Mike Douglas here, your personal concierge for conversation as we get things going in a very active week here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. So, are you chomping at the bit? Are you waiting with bated breath or breaths? For the production tonight, yes, my friends, it is the House January 6th Investigation Committee. Its uh, hearing gets underway tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern. That's 5 p.m. our time, just as we're going off the air. Uh, I think you can catch it on most of the big networks, ABC, CBS, NBC. And it's, uh, it's revealed... They revealed on Monday, anyway, that they hired former ABC News president James Goldston as an advisor. Why would you hire an ABC News or former ABC News producer for a House investigation committee? I suppose the answer is they want to make it a show. Just like a a lot of what's going on in Washington, D.C. right now is a show. There's not much depth to it. It becomes a show, does it not? Do you feel that this committee has any credibility whatsoever? Are are you going to watch? Are you going to listen? I'd be interested to know why or why not. Are are you going to listen to this or, or watch it tonight? Our number here, 209-551-3483, 209-551-3483. So what they're doing is they're promising a, a multimedia mix of live witnesses and photos and graphics and video and audio, uh, clips from the depositions of the Trump family members, White House officials and campaign aides, and all this is going to come from apparently the Cannon House office building. Well, I I have questions. And we've talked many, many times about the fruits of the poisoned tree. The fruits of the poisoned tree. And in terms of evidence, if you're thinking about it in terms of law enforcement um, principles, it means that if, if you're gathering evidence and early on you do something untoward, you don't mark a piece of evidence correctly, you don't collect it correctly, or you contaminate it, anything that comes after that piece of evidence is poisoned. Whether the guy or gal was guilty or not, not the point. We are, or we were anyway, a society based upon the rule of law. It would be wonderful to return to that, wouldn't it? So with the fruits of the poison tree, everything that follows is poisoned, whether the guy or the gal is guilty or not. uh, The the evidence is now poisoned. It's it's no longer valid. And either the judge or the jury has to consider that in their ultimate findings. And to me, I think what we have tonight from the very get-go is a poisoned tree. And any fruit that comes from this is suspect. 
So it's the House Select Committee investigating the January 6, 2021 Capitol Hill. I'm going to call it a riot. I don't think it was an insurrection. I think it was a riot. It shouldn't have happened. Anyway, it'll hold its first primetime public hearing tonight. And uh, they're expected to uh, put the spotlight on a on the nine-member committee. Are you familiar with the committee and all that drama? I'm sure you are. Let me review it. It has um, nine members. Seven are Democrats and two Republicans. Who are the Republicans? Interesting. Liz Cheney and Adam Kinsinger. Neither one is a fan of Donald Trump. In fact, they're very much opposed to Donald Trump. Which leads me to believe, when they call us a bipartisan committee, you have two people there who loathe Donald Trump and who are Republicans. So it seems to me that it's really not a bipartisan committee, in all honesty. There was some drama involved in all of that. Remember uh, Kevin McCarthy, the House uh, Minority Leader, had submitted some names to uh, Nancy Pelosi. But, again, I talk about the fruits of the poison tree. Nancy Pelosi rejected them and basically uh, would not take two of the picks. Let's listen to what Mr. McCarthy had to say about that. Speaker Pelosi has taken the unprecedented step of denying the minority party's picks for the select committee on January 6th. This represents something that has not happened in the House before for a select committee by the historian. It's an egregious abuse of power. Pelosi has broken this institution. Yeah, interesting perspective. Of course, the two that were not allowed on the committee were Jim Banks uh, and uh, uh, Jim Jordan, I believe. And and so I, I think... Um, as as we look at this, it, it is going to be what probably they intended, a piece of entertainment. It will be a production. It will be a show. I have my doubts as to whether or not it will have any depth and whether it will have any value to the rest of us here in the United States uh, of America. And again, I... I and, and and we'll go over in a couple minutes uh, who's on the committee. I think as you look at the uh, the content of the committee, you'll say, well, it, it's being orchestrated to arrive at a predetermined conclusion. I'm going to guess, as, as you guess close to this, I'm going to guess that the predetermined conclusion of this drama tonight that is has an advisor from ABC, formerly of ABC News on it. I believe the the eventual conclusion will be that Donald Trump was responsible for starting an insurrection. I'm I'm going to guess that that's it. I I suspect, I don't know, I suspect one of the uh, secret agendas here is to forestall and to do whatever is possible to taint a Donald Trump run for the presidency in 2024. That's all right. That's that's the job of the opposing party. They they want to do what they can to outmaneuver the uh, competition in 2024. 
So I believe they're they're going to focus on Donald Trump making threats. Now, I've, I've read the transcripts and such. And I also, and we'll talk about this a little bit later on today, too, I've looked at John Solomon's, a good reporter, by the way, John Solomon. I've looked at his January 6th report, and we'll talk about that a little bit later on today. Ec- excellent report. And what it does show, what it does document is that Donald Trump had authorized 20,000 National Guard troops prior to January 6th. And then there was drama involved, especially with uh, D.C. police, uh, Capitol Police, and and, uh, then uh, the the D.C. mayor, Muro Bowser, saying, we don't want them. And so there was an effort made. In fact, there was intelligence that came to the fore saying... And, and this was right before January 6th, saying there, there could be a problem here. We need to deal with it. And yet <clears throat> that offer of uh, National Guard troops was rejected. And I'll, I'll read you from the exact letter, Muriel Bowser, the mayor uh, there of D.C., saying, nope, don't, don't want it. Don't want it. So I doubt that will be brought to the fore tonight, but we'll bring it up here because you deserve to know and put it in the mix uh, if you're going to watch or listen to this committee tonight. Now, here's somebody I think you ought to watch for and listen to, especially if you're looking at selling a home. Prices are going up in housing, aren't they? Inventories low, interest rate hikes mean price fluctuations. So selling your home now with an aggressive, experienced agent is the right move. To maximize your equity, do you have a growing family or are you working from home and you need more space? Well, call the agent I trust and recommend. Call Dan Phipps. Dan's proprietary marketing system guarantees multiple offers in 72 hours for full market value or he will sell it for free. His home selling program is designed to maximize your sales price. You're in complete control. No costly repairs required. No long-term contracts. And you pick your move date. And Dan can even help find you a new home before you move. Well, here's an example. Melody in Oakdale needed to sell her home quickly, but it needed a whole lot of repairs and upgrades to get a decent price. She didn't have the time nor the money to do it, so she called Dan Phipps, who said, no problem, we can do that, and he did. Dan got multiple offers and sold it for a much higher price than she could have imagined. So call Dan Phipps. Dan is the man I recommend, and I'd hire him to sell my own home. He's the only agent who guarantees multiple offers in 72 hours, or it's sold free. Call Dan Phipps, 209-593-1111, or go to danphipps.com. That's Dan Phipps with three Ps, D-A-N-P-H-I-P-P-S dot com. And we'll talk more about this January 6th committee show production uh, this afternoon and take your calls at 209-551-3483. All as we get underway here on the Mike Douglas Show, coming back in three minutes on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Here's more with the voice of the valley, Mike Douglas on Power Talk 1360 KFIV streamed on the iHeartRadio app. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on this warmish Thursday afternoon in California's Central Valley. Beginning to feel a lot like summer, isn't it? We're approaching, isn't that the the official uh, date, uh, June 21st? I think we're almost there. Uh, But definitely heating up. And uh, we're doing our part 
just to let you know, uh, both at the clandestine Mike Douglas Show Studios and uh, at the Mike Douglas Home, we are doing our best to comply with saving energy. We're being conscientious. Yeah, unless it gets like upwards of uh, in the high 80s or low 90s, we don't even turn the we don't turn the air conditioner on. Nope. No, we uh, we have some small fans we'll turn on, but we're doing our best not to use up a lot of energy because we want that energy going to power uh, other things that are that are far more important. Like in the uh, clandestine studio here, we want to make sure we power the studio and not waste that electricity on on heat, on, on cooling or on heat, either one. And uh, so, however, it, it does get uh, a little warmish uh, when we do that. So during during the winter, uh, we, you know, we, we keep the house pretty cold. And, and during the summer, we keep the uh, house pretty warm. And we don't use the AC or the heat unless absolutely necessary. Now, of course, the 500-pound uh, remaining Mastiff, uh, Gigantor, uh, wonders what in the world are you doing. But uh, we're, we're doing our best. And, of course, w- one of the reasons for doing that as well is the fact that no matter what we do, and I, 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 this is my theory that PG&E has a plan here, no matter what we do, no matter how much we save, no matter how hard we try to attain the level that we, we want to be, you know, get A pluses on energy conservation, we never quite make it. And, and the rates continue to get higher. I don't know how that works. Anyway, it's uh, there. There we go. So both in the uh, clandestine Mike Douglas show studio and back at the uh, Douglas Hacienda, we do our best to uh, conserve energy. And, of course, what will happen uh, when we're all driving electric cars and we don't have enough enough electricity? I don't know, but maybe uh, Governor Newsom has a solution for that as well. All right, so uh, according to uh, the House of Representatives leadership, the solution to uh, January 6, 2021, the riot at the state capitol, U.S. capitol, never happening again, is to put on a big production involving uh, former ABC news producer, uh, uh, Mr. Golden, and um, they're going to have uh, James Goldston, uh, in addition to him, they're they're going to have a a lineup of wonderful and totally fair and bipartisan participants on the committee. Seven of them, seven Democrats, and two Republicans. All right, let's look at who they are very quickly. First of all, leading the team, the chairperson of the House Select Committee investigating the January 6th attack, Benny Thompson, also uh, also chairman of the Homeland Security Committee. And uh, then Liz Cheney. That's right, Republican Liz Cheney contributing to two out of nine, making it a bipartisan committee. And, of course, Liz Cheney, not a fan of former President Donald Trump. Of course, as you know, she's from Wyoming, and she is the vice chairwoman on the committee. All right, again, uh, one of two Republicans on the panel. And, of course, she's been pretty critical of former President Donald Trump. 
And by the way, one of 10 House Republicans that voted to impeach him. So obviously she comes uh, with a total clean slate uh, to this committee with absolutely no preconceived notions about uh, Donald Trump at all. Uh, let's see. Uh, oh, by the way, she told a CBS uh, uh, news uh, reporter in an interview uh, that aired, I think, this past weekend, maybe, that she believed that January 6th was a conspiracy. The attack was a conspiracy. She says, I do. It's extremely broad. It's extremely well organized. It's really chilling. And uh, she has uh, been on record as saying that uh, President Trump, his reaction to it or lack of action in her mind was a, quote, dereliction of duty. All right. Next up, there's number one and number two. Next up on the committee, Adam Schiff. You obviously know Adam Schiff. Of course, Democrat from California, also serves as the chairman of the House Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence, ironically. And next up, Jamie Raskin, another Democrat from Maryland, uh, sir, uh, pre- previously served, I believe, as the lead impeachment manager, didn't he, for the Democrats? Uh, I think that was during Trump's second impeachment trial. Yes. And then uh, next up, <clears throat> Elaine Luria. Luria or Luria? I apologize if I've mispronounced your last name. Um, Congresswoman, uh, she Democrat from Virginia Beach. And uh, so also a Navy veteran, by the way. Next up, let's see, Pete. Aguilar, also a Democrat from Southern California, per, uh, by the way, formerly served as the mayor of Redlands, California. So uh, very well qualified to serve on uh, on that committee. Uh, Zoe Lofgren, uh, also a Democrat from California. A lot of Democrats from California. Isn't that fascinating? <clears throat> she also, uh, uh, Zoe Lofgren also served as an impeachment manager in the first impeachment trial against Donald Trump. So, again, people coming in with absolutely a, a clean slate as, as far as approaching this with absolutely uh, no biases whatsoever. All right, next up, Stephanie Murphy. Stephanie Murphy is a Democrat, not from California, though, from Florida, uh, by the way, the first uh, Vietnamese American woman to be elected uh, to Congress. And uh, rounding out uh, this slate is Adam Kinsinger. He is the second Republican, aside from Liz Cheney, one of uh, two Republicans here on the committee. And um, he uh, was once thought to have quite a future with the GOP. He's uh, taken some criticism because of his criticism of, of Trump. And he is one of 10 Republicans who voted twice to impeach Donald Trump after the Capitol riot. He also voted for the Bipartisan Independent Commission to investigate the riot. So there we go. Now I ask you, having gone over the luminaries who are on this committee, seven Democrats, two Republicans, both of whom voted uh, to impeach Donald Trump at some point, uh, both who are highly criticism, critis, uh, engaging criticism of, of Donald Trump, highly critical of him. Do, do you think there's any possibility that this committee is going to render anything approaching a true, unbiased, bipartisan 
presentation tonight. It will be a show. And I believe with a predetermined conclusion. What do you think, though? I'd like to get your opinion. Are you going to watch or listen tonight to this committee? Our number, 209-551-3483. 209-551-3483. Mike Douglas Show will continue. We'll talk about the John Solomon Report as well in three minutes. So five minutes here on Power Talk 1360. The Mike Douglas Show. Now weekdays from 3 till 5 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. 1360 KFIV is your place online. Let's get social with Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And we're back with you here on the Mike Douglas Show. Mike Douglas here, your personal concierge for conversation as we navigate around or sometimes through the big issues of the day that affect you and me right here in California's Central Valley. Thank you so much for being part of the mix here, 3 to 5 p.m. Monday through Friday. Just so much appreciate your participation and your intelligence and your realistic and rational and, and respectful and reasonable discussions as we talk about the issues of the day. Do you think I'm off base on this January 6th committee tonight? Or do you think it's going to be legit? Do you think it's legit? You think I'm wrong on this? I, <clears throat> I'm i just very skeptical of it. Uh, and it may, maybe it's the coffee. But by the way, I almost didn't get the show started on time today because the coffee wasn't ready. That's the rule here on the Mike Douglas Show. The show doesn't go without the coffee. And uh, fortunately, the coffee maker uh, just... Uh, got it together and, and produced the coffee just in time. So I'm glad that happened because I would hate to miss the opening cue. By the way, and we'll, we'll get back to the January 6th committee in a minute. Again, are you going to watch it? Do you think I'm wrong? Do you think it'll be legit tonight? 209-551-3483. Our number here, 209-551-3483. By the way, let me go down a rabbit trail here real quick about coffee. I saw an article in Axios the other day about coffee. And it says that its research indicates that coffee lengthens your life, reduces the risk of dementia. How about that? Reduces the risk of stroke and heart failure, protects against type 2 diabetes, prostate cancer, and liver disease, and boosts your mood, especially during winter time when we have fewer hours of daylight. How about that? So the doctors are saying they recommend staying under 400 milligrams of caffeine a day. That's what, about four cups, two mugs of regular coffee. So I, I exceed that, I, I have to say. And I don't uh, typically take anything with my coffee. I, I learned that in government. I, I take it black. Anyway, so coming up to this after having dispensed with uh, that coffee information, intelligence that I provide you to defend the fact that I always have a hot mug of coffee right here handy on the Mike Douglas Show. As long as the coffee lasts, we have a show. All right, getting back to the House Select Committee investigating the January 6, 2021 Capitol Hill riot. Again, the, the first primetime public hearing is tonight. 
starts at 5 o'clock just as we're going off the air. And we talked about who's on the committee. Seven Democrats, two Republicans, those two Republicans being Liz Cheney and Ken Singer. Uh, I, you would, I don't know, I, I, I'm thinking that you would make some type of effort to make it look a little more fair and balanced. That, that's why I'm, I'm suspecting that they don't care. I don't think the powers that be care about whether it's fair or and or balanced. I think they have a purpose, and that's why they're selected. they selected the people they've selected. Just my thoughts. Let's get yours. Area code 209-551-3483. 209-551-3483. And let's hear from Dennis and LaGrange. Dennis, welcome to the program today. Uh, thank you, Mike. Uh, I'm afraid I'm going to blow up your thing about people being rational and uh, kind and all that. I have had it. The Democrats are an evil party, represented by Pelosi, Adam Schiff, all of their ilk. They march, if I might say so, like the Nazis marched into Warsaw into the Warsaw Ghetto in World War II before they totally destroyed it. And that's exactly what they want to do to us. I cannot, cannot understand how possibly any American with half a brain, sorry, Limbaugh had half a brain and he was way smarter than American, so <laughs> maybe I should understand it, but these people have nothing but cheating, lying, you know, and we know their act, right? Anything of which they accuse the Republicans of doing, they have already done. Insurrection. That's it. Well, Dennis, actually, I agree with you. Uh, I think... Oh, what, you didn't, what, what was you didn't the, think I was beating around the bush? <laughs> <laughs> Dennis, you never beat around the bush. I, I, here, here's my, here's why I'm agreeing with you, Dennis. And let me borrow a line. What was that line from Star Wars? There's a disturbance in the force. The, the fact that so, <laughs> so many of our leaders in Washington, D.C. and in Sacramento as well, and I know other places, but we're dealing with Sacramento and Washington, D.C. So many of them lie with such ease and we've caught them, and there's no doubt that there's lying going on all the time, spin going on all the time. And spin is not truth. It's not a half-truth. A half-truth isn't a truth. A half-truth is, is a non-truth. And, there, there is, and they do it with such abandon, and they do it with such freedom, and they do it without any consequences leads me to believe that there's also a spiritual component to this, and it's evil. You, you cannot lie to the American people like some of these people lie and spin and do it with good conscience and not, not be affected or influenced by the dark side, to take the Star Wars metaphor there. So I, 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 I think, Dennis, that, that you're on to something. I think it's, uh, it's going to be totally nonproductive 
And the, the, what leads, what amazes me, Dennis, I'll be real quick and then let you respond. Uh, I think what amazes me is there, there wasn't even hardly an attempt to make this even look like it was fair. Well, Mike, how about Governor Newsom? Talk about liars. Talk about slicksters. A man who's never, he wouldn't know the truth if it bit him because he has no acquaintance with it whatsoever. And he was, uh, what I want to say, he was um, not reelected, but he was confirmed as being the uh, governor of California. What more does anyone need to do to see what he did during the um, so-called pandemic, to see the things he still wants to do and not figure it out is beyond my understanding. But anyway, uh, thank you, Mike. Appreciate it. And appreciate your agreeing with me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, 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 I do, Dennis. Hey, th- thanks for the call. Very much appreciate that. And, thank you. and, and you may say, Hey, Mike, aren't you a pastor? How come you're not being more pastoral? I think I am being pastoral. I think part of being pastoral is looking for truth and identifying untruth when you see it. Uh, I mean, isn't that part of the job? It is to me. It is to me. And and yes, we're supposed to be full of mercy and grace. And I have shown about as much grace as I'm going to show with the powers that be in Washington, D.C. and in Sacramento I have extended as much grace. I've given them plenty of opportunity to be rational, to be real, and to be truthful. And time and time and time again, they violate what's true. And so, uh, yeah, that that's why I I tend to agree with with Dennis there. Let's go back to the phones two zero nine. Five five one three four eight three. You gonna watch this committee tonight? Two zero nine five five one three four eight three. John from Brentwood. Hi, John. Welcome to the show today. Hey, Mike. There's no way I'm watching this sham. This has been a sham from the start. I, I'm almost tempted to tune in the very beginning just to see Nancy Pelosi lead the march in like they did when they had the impeachment papers on Trump that time. Yes. They all marched into the Capitol, if you remember that. Right. I'm sure it's going to be some big old production thing. Um, I remember when this happened, they brought up the fact that Pelosi had, and I think it was Bowser, had turned down the extra security, and they wanted to look into that. And I believe the chairman of the committee said that that was not on the table, which already points to it as being a sham. Um why are they not investigating the, the city of Chaz in Seattle that went on for four or five weeks where they took over, what was it, four or five complete blocks? They took over the police station and basically kicked the police out and took over the police station. They didn't let anybody in. I believe two people were murdered inside there while it was going on. There was no investigation into that. The Democrats were either silent or supportive of what was going on, saying that, you know, people needed to vent and, and the, the whole thing, the, the country is going to heck. And there, I'm hoping that we can save it. But this, if, this is just another, another view of, of where, where we are headed. If, if the Democrats keep control in November, this is going to go on forever. And I have a feeling this November is do or die. If, if, we, don't, if we don't get it done in November, 
I think it's going to be a long haul, and I don't think it's going to straighten out before our lives are over. I'm 66, and I don't expect it to straighten out before I pass anyway if we can't do this in November. Well, you and I are of the same uh, vintage uh, there, John. And <laughs> uh, and I, you know, I, I, I think I've talked with you about this as well as others. I, I, I tend to, my, my normal view is to look at, at the glass half full. However, I agree with you that especially November 8 is a tipping point. And if rational minds and people who are committed to pursuing truth do not prevail on November 8, 2022, I don't think we'll have anything left of America come 2024, and it won't matter who's running for president because whoever's in power and whoever has control is going to control it. Uh, and, and I know... Exactly. You know, with, Go ahead. With what's gone on over the last two years, if... If people aren't awoken, and I don't mean the woke, the new term for the woke, <laughs> right. but you know, if, if people don't wake up and, and see the writing on the wall of what's happening and they continue to vote the same way, it it's, can't get much worse than it has since Biden's been in, seriously. And if, if people don't change that and want to continue with that, I just don't see it ever straightening out. Well said, John. Appreciate you calling, John from Brentwood, and I think uh, nailing the issue right there. John, thanks so much for the call. And uh, again, I, and I'm not giving up. Don't take what I'm saying as, oh, Brother Mike is giving up. I, am, I will never run up the white flag. As long as God is on his throne and he's not going anywhere, I believe in pursuing truth and righteousness and justice. So I'm never running up the white flag. I will fight to the end for truth and justice and for righteousness in our government. I will not give up. I will stay in the fight. So don't think that I'm going to run up the white flag, even if things go sideways and go the way of the buffalo in, uh, in uh, November of 2022 on November 8. I will still be in the fight. We'll be here and uh, we'll take on the forces of evil together. How does that sound? All right. We'll continue the discussions in three minutes here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. A pastor with passion, a minister with manners. Now back to the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And we've been talking about the big production coming up today at 1700 hours. It's uh, 5 p.m. And we're uh, thinking, it's, of course, it's 8 o'clock Eastern, but it's it's the big production uh, with an a former ABC news producer involved as an advisor. It's the January 6th Investigation Committee. And um, I, uh, I, I think I'm going to listen maybe to the first 10, 15 minutes. And I think it will give me a good feel. I'm, I'm looking at it already. I'm looking at it. We already looked at it. Who's on the committee? <clears throat> it's stacked. There, there, there's no evidence of any attempt at being bipartisan there. There's no, no evidence 
not a modicum of evidence that they're doing anything with this committee to make it a fair and balanced approach. Uh, It is going to be a make sure that we do everything we can to undermine Donald Trump's run if he decides to in 2024. I think that's the real name of the, maybe that's the subtext of the committee tonight. But speaking of showmen, did you, by the way, remember, I'm thinking tonight's going to be P.T. Barnum. I think would be happy with uh, with tonight. Did Did you see the movie The Greatest Showman with with Hugh Jackman and who played his his uh, Michelle Williams? Was that his his wife in the movie? Anyway, Hugh Jackman. I, I loved that movie. I and from from a and I'm not going to get into a movie review here, but I it's just it came to my mind as I'm thinking about this big production. Uh, from Washington, D.C. tonight. It, it, it just occurred to me, P.T. Barnum, if he was alive, they, they probably would have hired him to do this. He would have loved this. Would have loved it. Anyway, it reminded me of that movie. I loved it. Loved that movie and, and would love to watch it again time to time. I think Hugh Jackman was brilliant. And the filmography was brilliant. But anyway, not here to review uh, the movie. Speaking of showmen... Last night, President Joe Biden was on Jimmy Kimmel. Do you watch late night those late night guys? I uh, I really haven't uh, regularly watched late night television since the Steve Allen show, and that <laughs> lets you know uh, that I'm uh, mature in years. Love Steve Allen, and uh, yeah, watch Johnny Carson. Not every night but uh regularly and and but not much beyond jay leno like that but after after that i know not some i don't watch any of them now but anyway a couple of quotes from joe biden last night on jimmy kimmel apparently uh turn your spin meters on or your lie detectors but anyway the spin meters at, at at the least turn it on you got it on now okay let me know how this registers on your spin meter President Joe Biden from last night. We have the fastest growing economy in the world. Hmm. Look, this is not your father's Republican Party. This is the mega party. Well, that was that was a good one. That was a knee slapper there. Uh, what I don't want to do, and I'm not being facetious, I don't want to emulate Trump's abuse of the Constitution and constitutional authority. We had a caller a little bit ago that talked about the fact that, that many of the Democrats in power in, in Sacramento and Washington, D.C., accuse the Republicans of the very thing they do. It's like the old saw, the skunk smells its own scent first. Think about that for a minute. And then another quote, I often get asked, this is the president from last night, I often get asked, the Republicans don't play it square. Why do you play it square? If we do the same thing they do, our democracy would literally be in jeopardy. That's not a joke. Oh, my. This is, this is what, on the one hand, discourages me, but on the other hand, builds a fire inside of me that says we need to keep influencing others, bring things into the light, show them for what it is, 
and trust that rational people will prevail. All right, back in five minutes after news, weather, and traffic. Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Be right back. The show you love with even more local news and more local talk. The voice of the valley. The Mike Douglas Show. Now weekdays from 3 till 5. On air and online. Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And welcome back Mike Douglas to our number two of the Mike Douglas show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Just anxious to get in here and get going on our number two. Thank you so much for joining us. Mike Douglas here, your personal concierge for conversation as we navigate around and or through the issues of the day that affect you and me right here in California's Central Valley. Again, our commitment and our thanks to iHeartRadio for allowing this time to be live and local to make sure that your voice is heard on a lot of these issues. And again, it's just my privilege to serve as that uh, concierge of conversation for you so that uh, we can discuss the issues and uh, and and learn from each other. And, and I, I pick up sometimes from some folks the sense that they're giving up ah it's too late it's it's too far down the the horse is out of the barn it's down the road i i i i'm not that kind of person if if there is a glint of an objective that still can be attained i'm all for charging the gates of hell with a squirt gun if necessary to make it happen and so I'm, uh, I'm in it. <clears throat> I'm in it for the long run, my friends, especially here on the Mike Douglas Show. And I think one of the most power, two of the most powerful things we can do, one is to vote. And I know all of you are, are very good at that. And I, I just appreciate your willingness to go out there. Many of you have called over the past week and said it's confusing. So many names. Yes, I agree. Why? and I say we, meaning the people of California, decided that having a uh, the primary system we do was a good idea back in 2011. I have no idea, except that I think for those who have very strategic and, um, and now snarky minds, uh, <laughs> there was uh, maybe a plan afoot there, and, and they saw the viability of, of this. Uh, once you have a, a strong, almost a, a one-party control, this type of a primary system is very beneficial to those who are in control. And I think it's been detrimental. I, and, and, and really, we know that. And so I, I come back to this question for the Republican leadership in California. Can, can we not somehow deal with so many Republicans running against each other under this primary system? It'd be one thing if we had the system where we have Democratic primaries, we have Republican primaries, whatever it might be. But no, we have this insane system that we have right now where it's number one or number two, doesn't matter. It's an open primary. And I think uh, there, there, there was a lot of splitting of votes that happened. And so rational people did not come out on top in, in many cases. And I'm thinking, uh, by the way, it's very interesting. I don't know what your, your view of, of people running as independents or no party preference 
is. I wonder what the strategy, it'd be interesting to know in retrospect, and, and maybe they'll share it with us, uh, the, the strategy behind Michael Schellenberger running for governor of California as an independent and uh, Anne-Marie Schubert, DA up in Sacramento, running for attorney general as a no-party preference or independent. I think that hurt her. And, and she was a part, by the way, last week. She was part of uh, a large group of candidates who took advantage of our offer to come on and, and tell us in 60 seconds or so why they're running and why people should vote for them. And I think she gave a very succinct and very strong and very compelling reason to vote for her. Uh, Rob Bonta, when it all, when the smoke cleared, and I'm looking at percentages now that were from maybe a day ago, they may have uh, altered a bit uh, since then with mail-in ballots and such. But Rob Bonta, uh, almost 55% of the vote. Nathan Hockman, Republican, um, a little over 18%, not too far behind him. Republican uh, Eric Early and, and Anne-Marie Schubert was way down the list there at 7.5%. I don't know. I don't know. I think she might have had a better showing. Now, she has been registered as a Republican in the past. I think she might have had a stronger showing as a Republican. Probably had her reasons, and I'd, I'd love to know, just in terms of strategy, why she chose to run no party preference. Do you think... For both, and and again, I'm not saying that Michael Schellenberger is any better than uh, Brian uh, Daly at all. I, I'm just saying, in terms of strategy, what do you think of that? Do you think it's wise, Democrat or Republican, to try to run for a major office in a in a major election as a no party preference? Do you think that's wise? Looking at the showing that Schellenberger had. And I, I thought Schellenberger would have raised a lot more of uh, support. I really do, especially being, uh, and, and I would call him generally a logical environmentalist. I can align with some of his uh, defense of the environment and, and policies. I'm all for protecting the environment. I'm just not into making nature a god. And that our our role is to be subservient to nature and, and to make nature our God. No, uh, nature was created and we were created to, to take advantage. And I don't mean that in a negative way, but to take advantage, to be good stewards of nature, to, to use it for food, to use it for recreation, to conserve it, to be, again, to be good stewards of it but not to be subservient to it. And I think that's where a lot of the radical environmentalists are, are off base, is they've they really made it a, a religion of its own. Uh, and I don't, I don't think uh, Michael Schellenberger is, is of that ilk. I, would, uh, I disagree with him, I think, on several other subjects. I won't go into it right now. But uh, again, the point is, I'm not sure that this strategy of running as an independent is wise if you want to win. And I think we have two examples there. I don't know. Do you you agree with that? Do you think it's uh, not a good idea to run as an independent or run as a no-party preference? 
if you really want to win, 209-551-3483, our number. And I'm not, uh, and as you know, if a Democrat shows up and is all for drilling for oil, is for uh, doing what he or she can do to bring gas prices down, uh, really addresses the homeless issue, is tough on crime, supports the police, uh, is uh, is not a fan of uh, abortion as a method of day-to-day birth control, I would probably uh, look at voting for them. So for me, it's not necessarily about an R or a D. It's about what you stand for. What are your policies? What are your positions? And and maybe that's the, the logic behind running is no party preference, but I think what, what happens there is you miss on either side the endorsement of a party, and that goes a long way. I don't know. I'm, uh, I'm not thinking it's uh, a good strategy. I would have loved to have seen Anne-Marie Schubert as our attorney general. Uh, she is tough on crime. She's no one's fool. I don't believe she's someone who can be manipulated. Now, I don't know Nathan Hockman. I, I don't know a whole lot about him or Eric Early. And, Nathan, of course, Nathan Hockman, it's going to be a, a contest between Rob Bonta, uh, the incumbent Democrat, and Nathan Hockman, a challenging Republican. And again, Bonta, uh, nearly 55%. Nathan Hockman, about 18.5%, at least uh, uh, from looking at yesterday's numbers. So I, um, I, I just, I'm, 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 I'm missing Anne-Marie Schubert in the mix. And nothing against, again, Nathan Hockman at all. I just thought I know about her. I've, we've been able to talk to her on the air. I just wish that she had had a better uh, better showing. It'll be interesting to see what uh, what comes of that and, and her opinions if she tells us on what the uh, the strategy was. Well, what about this January 6th committee? I, uh, coming up at, uh, well, in about 45 minutes, 5 o'clock hour time, what uh, I doubt will be in the content of that uh, will be the content of what John Solomon terrific reporter investigative reporter he's he's uncovered some things i'm going to share with you in a couple of minutes i doubt any of that is going to be uh, cited tonight but but who knows our phone number here 209-551-3483 we'll take your calls and we'll talk about some of the points from the john solomon report really interesting coming up in three minutes here on the mike douglas show on power talk 1360 kfiv He's got issues. Let's talk about it. The Mike Douglas Show, on air and online. Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. When talking about my reticence to uh, to really be a fan of running as a no-party preference if you really want to win, I'd be interested to... Th- your, your opinions about that, 209-551-3483, using the example there of Michael Schellenberger running for governor of uh, California, and then uh, Anne-Marie Schubert running for attorney general. I would have loved to see her in the mix there, but uh, not not to be. 
Let's find out what you think about the viability of running NPP, no party preference, at least here in California. 209-551-3483, our number. Let's go to the phones, find out what Barbara from Stockton thinks. Hi, Barbara, the mic's all yours. Well, thank you, Mike, for taking my call. When I see no party preference, I would automatically not want to vote for a person like that because what it says to me you're, the person is saying, well, I just want to get, on, get in power. Okay, so when they get there, they, they, will, they will choose whatever they think that is best for them. You know, they don't really give you any accurate idea of how they really, the things that they really stand on. So it, 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 to me, it's like a distrustful thing because you just want to get in power, and whoever, uh, when you get in there, like if they're all Democrats or they're all Republicans, whatever way they go, what is best for you, that's what you're going to choose, but not having a set idea on what you think is right. That's my opinion. That's very interesting, and that, that's a good salient point, Barbara. If, if there's an R after the name or a D after the name, uh, at least we have some frame of reference, right, uh, from exactly. where, they may, yeah, where they may be coming from. And, uh, but I think your point is very interesting, too, that will the... the Tiger change its stripes, so to speak, once in office. And maybe with the uh, no-party preference, that's that's harder to tell. That, that's an astute observation. Uh, thank you. Uh, so wh- what, are you, uh, what are you looking at in, in terms of November 8? Uh, do, you, do you see any hope down the line there, or do you think the, well, the die has been really. cast? I mean, I, I'm, I'm happy that the person that I really wanted to get a, elected you know, that will may, may get elected, and that was not Lonnie Chen. And I'm, I'm re- uh, I yes. really hope that he goes all the way. Uh, <laughs> you know, everybody else, as I said, we really didn't know much about those people. Or for those who we did know something about, those who are always running, well, it kind of gives you an idea of <laughs> their votability. But anyway, you know, that, that's just my feeling. Good, good call, Barbara. Good thinking. As, as all of you, 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 I think you are probably the best audience there is in radio because you think well. You think reasonably and rationally, and it's okay to get some emotion behind that. That that's not a bad thing. But I just appreciate the way that you reason and think. And uh, so, Barbara, thanks for your call. Our phone number, 209-551-3483, talking about the viability of running as no-party preference. Uh, Let's go back to the phones. Gail from Modesto, what do you think about the no-party preference strategy? Hi, thank you. Um, I was listening to Barbara, and I have to say I have shared those sentiments greatly in the past, and I think they worked out well for us in the 70s, the 80s, even late into the 90s. But we're dealing with a whole different ballgame today. And I think a no-party preference is actually maybe a wise way to go because we understand that the Democrats and the Republicans are one party. And I think it's incumbent upon each individual for us to do our research and our homework If we're familiar with a candidate, we can kind of set that aside. But if we're not, that's where we need to start digging. Uh, We have to recognize that across this nation, only 8%, up to 20% voted in this last week's election. 
that's not very many across the nation. So in our county, I, I forget the exact amount, but I think it was around 15. Um, that's not that's not huge. So that means those of us who are voting are all the more responsible to get in there and dig, ask questions, and find out exactly where that person's coming from and make no presumptions about them hiding behind anything because I have seen more hiding behind an R in my life than I could care to remember. Gail, I appreciate what you're saying about doing research. And I'm not sure that the, and this radio audience is not average. Uh, You're above average. But I think the average voter probably doesn't do the homework that's necessary. And we try to do what we can here to provide exposure uh, to to some of these candidates, where they're coming from and, and such. But, uh, Gail, I, I resonate with your statement about the need to dig and to plumb the depths of those statements, find out what they're really about. So your, your idea is that to you, uh, no party preference may be an advantage for you because they're not tainted with the R or the D. Absolutely. I think mm. they may understand very well that putting an R by their name is going to cut their throat or putting a D because people are waking up all across the nation and they're starting to say, hey, wait a minute, I'm no longer wanting to be fooled. So let, let me uh, ask one more question before I let you go, Gail, because you're, you're, sure, you're a deep sure. thinker and, and I appreciate that very much. Uh, what do you think about the the Republican or Democratic Party endorsement? Do you think that carries a lot of weight anymore, or to voters, are they kind of fed up with both, both and maybe it doesn't carry that kind of weight? Right. Well, quite honestly, in the past, again, those 70s, 80s, 90s, so important. Today, not so much because we have filled those seats with a lot of Republicans and name only. And they are making endorsements that are good for their own pocketbook, their own lifestyles. They are many people sitting on, let's say, the Central Committee here in in Stanislaus, for example. They are employed by, married to, in bed with, you name it, uh, candidate X. And if you think for one minute they're going to cut their own throat by not voting for their own husband, wife, their own daughter, son, or boyfriend. It just doesn't work that way. Mm. Backroom politics. Gail, thanks for your call. Appreciate. I always appreciate your your deep thinking, Gail. Uh, appreciate that very much. Get gets us thinking a little bit, doesn't it? About uh, see, I'm I'm now. I'm not sold on the no party preference, but Gail's comments, I, I can see the other side of the coin now, and I think that's always important. The value of having you as our listeners so that we can uh, explore new ideas together. All right, uh, coming up, I'm going to share uh, some uh, a couple of points from the John Solomon investigation about the January 6th uh, riot back in 21. I think you'll find it interesting. Your comments, too, coming up. 209-551-3483 as the Mike Douglas Show continues on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. The Mike Douglas Show, now weekdays from 3 till 5 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. 
with the big news of the day, here's more of the Mike Douglas Show. Now weekdays from 3 till 5 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And uh, in about uh, 25 minutes or so, there will be the big production in Washington, D.C. Yep, the, uh, the big show of the uh, January 6, 21 investigation committee. I, uh, I will watch a couple of minutes of it to get the tone of it. I'm not going to spend probably 90 minutes with it. Just uh, I'll, I'll research it so that we can in- talk intelligently about it tomorrow. But uh, I think I might prefer to eat dinner without upsetting my stomach at the same time. All right, I've been talking uh, not only about no party preference and our, our views on, and by the way, some creative creative thoughts about running uh, under no party preference, and I appreciate those. It got me to thinking a little bit about, well, sometimes maybe to some people a, a D or an R is uh, is not an advantage. So uh, again, I'm I'm sad that Anne-Marie Schubert is not in the mix for attorney general. I, I think she would have been a good, uh, good candidate. John Solomon. Are you familiar with John Solomon? A good investigative reporter. He has his own uh, website now and such. Uh, he has done an excellent report on January 6th. And I am thinking that none of, well, very little, if any, of his investigations are going to show up in this committee show tonight. Let me give you a, let let me provide a teaser. Let's dip our toes into the water a little bit on this. He has a letter here from Muriel Bowser. As you know, she's uh, the mayor there in, uh, in DC and it's addressed to uh, boy. I got to put the, uh, the magnifiers. This is really tiny print. You know what I've found? I don't know if you found this or not. Print gets tinier as time goes on. I don't know. Do you find that uh, the print gets tinier as as time goes on? I mean, maybe it's maybe it's it's probably just just my eyes. Anyway, Muriel Bowser has uh, addressed a letter on January 5, 2021. Now, remember, that's the day before the riot at the state capitol. I refuse to call it an insurrection. It was not an insurrection. It was a riot. And I'm not going to fall to the wordsmithing of, of the left on that. So Muriel Bowser, Muriel Bowser wrote a, uh, a letter and sent it on January 5th, 2021 to uh, Jeffrey Rosen. He's the acting, at that time, acting U.S. Attorney General. To Chris Miller, the acting Secretary of Defense and Ryan D. McCarthy, Secretary of the Army. She says at the end of this letter, this is very interesting, to be clear, the District of Columbia is not requesting other federal law enforcement personnel and discourages any additional deployment without immediate notification to and consultation with MPD, no, that's not Modesto Police Department. MPD, in this case, is a Metropolitan Police Department in D.C. Uh, if uh, if such plans are underway, the protection of persons and property is our utmost concern and responsibility. 
Metro Police Department is well-trained and prepared to lead the law enforcement coordination and response to allow for the peaceful demonstration of First Amendment rights in the District of Columbia. So basically, basically, she's saying, don't want your help. Don't want your help. Anyway, so that was contained in uh, John Solomon's report. In fact, he also has some incredible, uh, and I don't know if he uh, did it through a FOIA, Freedom of Information Act or not, but he's got uh, District of Columbia police records that basically bear out that Donald Trump did authorize some up to uh, 20,000 National Guard troops if Congress would ask for it. And I can't... it. And I'm I'm thinking if, if you're if you're one of these people like like Gail that called a little bit ago, that really has a penchant for digging in and reading material, uh, and 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 looking at the facts, looking at uh, first person uh, responses, and looking at documents. This report is is for you. I'm not going to give the website over the air because I would spend a couple of minutes doing backslashes and and colons and all of that. So we're not going to do that. But I, I will say this. If you're interested in the John Solomon Report, and I'll give you some more highlights here in a minute. If you're interested in it, email me and I'll send you the link. All right? Email me and I'll send you the link. E- even if you're just mildly interested in hearing the other side of the story that the mass media is not presenting from a reputable, reputable, proven reporter, John Solomon, email me, mikeon1360 at gmail.com, mikeon1360 at gmail.com, and I will send you, after the show is over today, I will send you a link uh, to that report, and it has all the uh, uh, ancillary supporting uh, documents as well, including Muriel Bowser's letter and uh, a timeline from the D.C. police themselves. So let me give you a couple of excerpts from this report, and we'll see if any of this uh, comes to light in this show from uh, Washington, D.C. tonight. He says, the Pentagon first raised the possibility of sending National Guard troops to the U.S. Capitol four days before the January 6 riots, setting in motion a series of rejections by Capitol Police and Democrats that left Congress vulnerable as threats of violence were rising, and that according to government memos that validate Trump administration officials' long-held claims. Solomon writes, an official timeline of the January 6th tragedy assembled by Capitol Police shows that a Defense Department official reached out to a Capitol Police deputy chief named Sean Gallagher on January 2nd, 2021, to see if a request for troops was forthcoming. But the offer was quickly rejected after a consultation with then-chief Steve Sund. Now, do you think that will see the light of day with this committee this afternoon? Doubt it. 
Yeah, John Solomon uh, also, let me just pick another highlight, a couple of highlights out of here. Sunday, January 3rd, 2021, three days before the January 6th riot. Uh, and this is uh, a quote that uh, that he has in there. And the quote is this, due to the tense political environment following the 2020 election, the threat of disruptive actions or violence cannot be ruled out. That was a new assessment by the Capitol Police. It went on, that assessment by the Capitol Police went on to say, supporters of the current president see January 6, 2021 as the last opportunity to overturn the results of the presidential election. This sense of desperation and disappointment may lead to more of an incentive to become violent. And so it says within 24 hours... And again, this is, they're talking about uh, Capitol Police Deputy Chief uh, 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 Sund, if I have that correct. Uh, yeah, then Chief, I'm sorry, then Chief Steve Sund. Within 24 hours, the Chief Sund had changed his mind after that assessment. And he began seeking permission from the political powers surrounding House Speaker Nancy Pelosi and Senate Democratic Leader Chuck Schumer to deploy National Guard as a preventive measure on Monday, January 4. But what happened? Well, the timeline of the Capitol Police says this. Capitol Police uh, Chief Sund asks Senate Sergeant-at-Arms Michael Stenger and House Sergeant-at-Arms Paul Irving for authority to have National Guard to assist with security for the January 6 event based on briefing with law enforcement partner and revised intelligence assessment. The Capitol Police son's request is denied. So the chief, the heads of the Capitol Police were saying, well, we've changed our mind. We want National Guard help. They, uh, they take it to the House Sergeant-at-Arms and the Senate Sergeant-at-Arms, and they're denied. They're denied permission for the National Guard. The quote here from the Capitol Police timeline is COP. That's uh, Capitol uh, Police. Uh, The chief's son's request is denied. The Senate Sergeant-at-Arms and the House Sergeant-at-Arms tell Sund to contact General Walker at the D.C. National Guard to discuss the Guard's ability to support if a request is needed. Walker, General Walker over there at the National Guard, told Chief Sun then, well, yeah, you could change your mind and get approval from Capitol officials. Uh, If you can get approvals, we could give you 125 troops. So it goes from 20,000 that Donald Trump had authorized now to, well, we'll give you 125 troops if you need them. So the, the Capitol Police report goes on to say, while Sun's requests were being delayed and denied, the Pentagon was forging ahead on January 4, 2021, to get Trump to formally sign authorizations to deploy in advance of January 6, as many as 20,000 National Guard troops if Congress asked for it. According to interviews Just the News has done with then-acting Defense Secretary Christopher Miller and his chief of staff, Cash Patel. Tell. Do, do you see what's happening here? 
Do you see the lying that's going on? Do you see the spin that is attempting to color this in a much different way? Do you think any of what I just read will ever see the light of day tonight on this House investigation show? I'm telling you, my friends, November 8, it's a turning point. It's a tipping point for us. We need to be ready not only to vote, but to, in a rational way, reasonable way, talking reasonably and intelligently with our spheres of influence to expose them to reports like this so they can see what's true. You're not going to hear it from the main networks or from most of cable television. We'll talk a bit more about this. Take your calls as well. 209-551-3483, our number. You think these things will see the light of day in this show that's going to happen in a couple of minutes? 209-551-3483. I'll be back in three minutes here on the Mike Douglas Show. Power Talk 1360, KFIV. On air and online, take the Mike Douglas Show with you with the iHeartRadio app. Search 1360 KFIV. And back with you here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Again, I've been reading from uh, an incredibly well done and deep investigative report by John Solomon. And I'll read a little bit, a few other snippets for you in a second. If you're interested in this report, again, it, it's the, the, the website is, is too long uh, for me. The, the link is too long for me to say on the air. But if you'll email me, I will send it to you uh, after the show tonight. Email me, mikeon1360 at gmail.com, mikeon1360 at gmail.com. And uh, Lynn and Lauren, thank you. Yes, I will get that out to you uh, after the show tonight. Thanks for checking in. I'll make sure that uh, you get that link. All right, uh, talking about January 6, 2021. Our number here, 209-551-3483. Let's find out uh, what Nick and Modesto has to think about January 6, 21. Hi, Nick. Welcome to the show. Good afternoon, Mike. Uh, Actually, I'm more interested in the root cause of January 6th, not all the smoke built around it and the partisan stuff that goes with it, but what is the root? And I want to know the truth, and and then we can all make our decisions. Um, And that's basically my position. What what do you think? What what are your your thoughts thus far based upon the information that you have, Nick, uh, what do you think is the root cause or are the root causes? I, I, I really don't know. That's why I'm going to listen to the investigators uh, and listen to the witnesses that uh, testified under oath. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't even want to speculate because I, I don't know. And I, I want to keep as clear a mind on this. All I know is um, there were people who entered the Capitol. I'd like to know why they entered the Capitol and um, the people who also promoted it, who promoted this, and how did it get so out of hand? Yes, Um, absolutely. That's what I want to know. I want to know the truth. 
I, you know, you and I have talked. Uh, truth is, is where everything starts, and we need to learn the truth. I, I agree with you, and this is just my impression because of the makeup of the committee. Uh, I don't know that we're going to get a lot of truth tonight, but my philosophy on that is uh, I'll listen for a while, and even, uh, even sometimes uh, when there's a lot of spin, there may be a nugget or two uh, mixed, mixed into that. And I agree with you. I think we need to look at as many sources as possible. And, uh, I, I, and, and to me, it's, it's not just, and I think this is along your thinking as well, to me it's not just about why did they advance on, on the Capitol, but to me it's about why weren't the Capitol Police prepared? And as I'm looking at this report by Solomon, uh, it becomes very clear that there were some efforts made to uh, provide resources that could have prevented this, but they were not taken advantage of until it was, uh, you know, until it was too late. So I think there's many, many different that's levels. All, that's, that's all part of the puzzle. Yes, that's all exactly. Part of the puzzle. Right. That, and and so we need to look at the whole picture, the whole puzzle. And I know that you know there's so much partisanship, there's tribal out there. But we as Americans really need to just get all the information and really look at the puzzle, including the information that you're talking about on on the Capitol Police, and find out the truth and what what really happened and how does that impact our democracy? Is our democracy threatened uh, or not? You know, I mean, these are these are serious things. But I, I'm going to keep an open mind as much as possible. I try to get the cobwebs out of my <laughs> my my, um, my the cobwebs out of my mind because I really want to know the truth. Just like what happened in Watergate, it was the Republicans that forced Richard Nixon to resign, not the Democrats. It was uh, Senator Goldwater who told Nixon, "You know, th- we this is what you did, and we're going to vote." to impeach you. That's why he resigned. I don't think that we'll ever see that again, because today we're all, I shouldn't say all of us, but some people in leadership are blinded by partisanship on both sides. Oh, so, I, uh, no, no doubt. I, I agree with that. Uh, hey, Nick, I'm bumping the clock. Thanks so much for your call. Appreciate okay. that. And yeah, good yeah like, uh, like your point. Yeah. Yeah. We need to look at uh, as many different perspectives as possible. I do agree with that. All right, my friends, I'll look forward to, to agreeing to meet you back here at 3 p.m. tomorrow on What's on Your Mind Friday on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Look forward to seeing you tomorrow.